1: I'm Doug, catching up with Beth McCord, along with her husband, Jeff, best-selling authors and co-founders of Your Enneagram Coach, one of the largest Enneagram platforms in the world, and the only one of its size that teaches people how to use the Enneagram from a faith-based perspective. They've been doing that for over 17 years, and today we're talking about the book, More Than Your Number, a Christ-centered Enneagram approach to becoming aware of your internal world. Beth, thank you so much for making time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Already, before we started this interview, we already did like a whole mini-therapy session. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for breaking that down, as Jamie and I have learned our numbers and, and how we interact with one another. And I would guess... At its core behind this book is that is that is your very goal, right?
2: Yeah, Yeah, it really is. You know, we are more than just our main type. Now, we all do have a main type with its core motivations and it reigns supreme. It is why we think, feel and behave in particular ways, which is why it's so different than like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders, etc., Those are showing preferences and outward behavior. This is really getting to the heart of why you do what you do. And so that's what we were talking about with you guys is here's kind of why you think and feel in different ways. And that gives us the understanding, the compassion, the empathy that we need to relate better, not just with others, but actually with ourselves as well.
1: It was a little interesting that just by taking a test that you can do for free at your website, Mm -hmm. you come up with a number And Jamie has a number. Yeah. And then within like 10 minutes, you totally unpacked us with those numbers. I was like, you weren't wrong.
2: Yeah. And it almost was kind of creepy. It almost feels (laughs) like someone's like reading your internal diary. Like, how does she know this? She's never met me before. Yeah. And we do that. Well, and I did it with you guys as a relationship um, in part, like being here as a partnership uh, at work. Helping you guys to understand how your two types work really well together, but also where the rub can be and why. Again, the why is the biggest thing. And so then by understanding those little things, we can say, okay, well, here would be a great idea for you. If if she were to come across a certain way, mm-hmm. You, of course, that's going to land on you in, in a way that you don't appreciate. But why don't you approach it this way or say it this way and then you'll see her light up in a different way and explain herself so being being able to help you all navigate that work relationship really is impactful
1: i'm i'm intrigued now now that we have this knowledge and yeah. your book to walk through this i'm excited um to back up just a little bit, just in terms of the whole Enneagram thing, yeah. is, is is there a stigma within the faith community? There can be,
2: yeah. I mean, I think either people really love it and see the value in it, or they don't really know what to do with it. And there are some that really have been taught things that actually aren't true of where it came from. Um, and so it's been passed down, like this the symbol, it's a nine-pointed geometric symbol, so it looks like a nine-pointed star. It's been passed down for hundreds, thousands of years and used by different people. So what we've done, just like, you know, if you went to a university and you learned, um, like for me, I learned ethics at the University of Kansas. Well, that is not a Christian university, nor was my professor a Christian in the slightest. (laughs) So when I'm learning about ethics from that university, I have to do my good work in thinking through, well, what is scripturally accurate and true? So with the Enneagram, there's lots of teachers with different perspectives, different world religions. So Jeff, he went to seminary back in the early 2000s, and that's when we learned about the Enneagram. And ever since then, it's been our uh, passion, our love to put the Enneagram in light of scripture. Like, can't does this fit? Is there mm-hmm. truth to it? And that has been a joy because the Enneagram is like an x-ray. It's going to clearly show you what is working and what's not working, what's broken, what's not broken, like an x-ray does. But it can't do anything more than that. It brings clarity. Mm-hmm. It is the gospel that transforms us. So it's good to have that clarity. So, just as we were talking with Jamie, like, here's the clarity of what's going on between the two of you in positive situations and maybe negative situations. <laughs> here's the clarity. But it's the gospel. It's Jesus Christ who will work in and through you to bring a positive change or bring in more Christ likeness. And that is what we do with the Enneagram. So for us, it is very important that we always are fixating our eyes on him to do the work in and through us.
1: Okay, I I feel like a similar resonance sometimes when people might push back when they hear about. Um, yoga or meditation mm-hmm. or certain things that are sometimes labeled as new agey—it's really at its core, right? Just like anything God's created, at, yep. a, at at its core, it's useful or not, right?
2: Yeah, all truth is God's truth, and again, it may have come to us in a way that was from a different belief or worldview perspective. But if we were to pull back and get all the way down to the truth elements of that teaching, well, what? what of that is actually, um, you know, accurate and biblically true. And then with that, we want to make sure that we're staying in line with good Christian uh, theological truths.
1: In terms of taking a test, so um, I took a Myers-Briggs, and then I saw that it wasn't the same as an Enneagram, and you mentioned that earlier. If someone's looking to try to unlock them, do you feel then the Enneagram test is the the best one of the...
2: Well, I mean, I am a little biased. <laughs> no, um, in in all honesty, I really do love assessments, and I have even as a little girl. I remember started learning the, um, about the Myers Briggs in high school in uh, psychology class that we were taking, and I was so intrigued. Um, but the the Myers Briggs and Strength Finders and some of these others again are just showing maybe outward preferences or behaviors tendencies which are very helpful. Um, but this is getting to the why and the reason why I enjoy this so much more is because when we use it from a Christian perspective, what it's actually doing is helping us to understand our heart condition at any given moment. So what we'll show you in the book more than your number and all of our teaching is. The whole point of this is to see, are we aligned, misaligned or out of alignment with the truth of the gospel? Now, the truth is the truth and it's always going to remain the truth. But where is my heart and my mind in regards to that? Now, the great thing is once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are always his beloved child. So that relationship status is there. But our mind and our heart can wander from moment to moment, day to day, where there are some seasons that we know and believe and trust in who we are in Christ and we're living in alignment, which is beautiful. But as we all know, we tend to veer off course and land in the same kind of pitfalls and we get frustrated with ourselves or shame ourselves. And we're like, gosh, why am I here again? Well, the Enneagram will show you why. And. We can then use that information like a rumble strip on the highway. You know, when you're driving down and you're not paying attention, that will alert you hey, if you keep going in this direction, so if you keep thinking and believing and moving with these attributes, you're going to land in that same common pitfall. So now is a good time to reorient your heart with the truth of the gospel and allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through you. And that can you know, look like a wide range of things. It could be a quiet time. It could be a great conversation with someone. It could be uh, reading a book or a podcast that gets your mind fixated back on Christ, scripture, memorization. There's so many different things, but the point is where is my heart at any given moment and the enneagram is what's going to reveal that to us now that's hard Mm -hmm. because when we're not aligned usually us you know we'll shame ourselves and beat ourselves up but that is not the gospel truth the gospel says christ has taken care of all of our sins and put on us or imputed on us his righteousness that is what we stand on and that is our hope
1: I would guess then, too, the idea of seeing it through the Christian lens is maybe disarming how I feel some people may have misused the information before along the lines of, I'm this number, this is who I am, get used to it.
2: Absolutely. So we will say often in our teaching and our writings do not use the Enneagram as a sword or a shield so we can use it as a sword or a dagger or a samurai sword you know whatever <laughs> whatever tool you you have at hand um, to harm others so for instance you know we landed on your is it okay if I say your day yeah, yeah. um, as a type one uh-huh. the um, principled reformer and I could be like you know, oh, you're just being so judgmental right now, and so critical, and you want it just a certain way. Can I ever get it right? And you know, I can throw up my hands and feel really frustrated that I'm I'm never going to get it right for you. Well, that is only going to bring harm in our relationship. So we don't want to do it in that way. But I could say, hey, um, it sounds like what what's going on is your. You're sensing that I don't care about doing things in an excellent way. And sometimes, you know, the way you're talking lands on me as criticism and judgment. Is that really what's going on? And then we can have a clarifying conversation. So instead of trying to jab at you with how God has created you and wired you, why not have a disarmoring conversation that can also, one, be grateful for the things that you can see that I don't see, but also name what I'm experiencing and also ask that there be more consideration or kindness in how you deliver it. But we also don't want to use it as a shield. You know, as a type nine, I can procrastinate because I can get overwhelmed. And so I could go, well, I'm just a nine. Just you're going to have to deal with it. Well, that is not what the gospel is saying, right? The gospel wants us to transform Mm. into the likeness of Christ. What does that mean? Well, sometimes as a type nine, I've got to just get going. I've got to get things done. So we don't want to make excuses, Mm. but I can own You know what? You're right. I'm procrastinating because I'm feeling really anxious and overwhelmed. Could you help me? So that is how the Enneagram can really help us personally, but also in relationship with others. So it's not name and blame. It's actually coming alongside and and, and assisting one another in really neat ways.
1: So really, it makes me think about uh, to think about marriage. And the idea that my wife, Cheryl, and I felt we got some information out of the five love languages, yes, which we did. You did, yeah. This is like that oh, on steroids. Exactly. <laughs>
2: it, it really is. And the love language is beautiful. And there's there's so much to gain from that. Because that that's saying something very different than what the Enneagram is. But the Enneagram is really getting to the heart. And so if, and we don't know your wife's type yet, but for you as a type one, you uh, really want things to done be done in an excellent way because it's what's right. And this is what here are the procedures to make it um, right and good. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I don't know if this is true. We haven't even talked, but the dishwasher, is that a thing? Like <laughs> <laughs> there's a right way to load a dishwasher?
1: I, 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 yes, there is, but she does it anyway. Right. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So for the type one, it's really hard because they're like, it's, there's a right way. And then other, everyone else is like, well, you just throw the dishes in or whatever. (laughs) They do it their way. And the type one, that's really hard because in their mind, they have this loud inner critic that is constantly showing them what's the right way or how something is wrong and it won't let up. So even if your wife was like, it's okay, just leave it. It will all get washed even though that might be true for you as a one, you're like, but you don't understand. There's this like nagging, gnawing thing inside me that says, no, fix it. Or I won't stop bugging you about it. And so the type ones will often kind of come behind and fix the dishwasher. And that can hurt the other person. Like you didn't, you don't trust me, you know, whatever. But the one is like, no, it's not That it's this inner critic will not be quiet unless I get it done. And that's where the rest of us can have great compassion, because when ones point out or bring some judgment or some criticism or kind of cold, prickly truth, what people see is just that. But what they don't understand is the one has been getting it from their inner critic a hundredfold before it's even come out. And that can help us to have great compassion for our type ones to go yeah, I'm not really enjoying, you know, the delivery over here, but wow, you must be getting it a hundredfold before you even said anything to me. How is that feeling for you? Or what can I do to come alongside and lift some of this burden for you? I can't do it all, but how can I meet you in the middle? And th- what would that be like, you know, if someone were to speak yeah, that language to you? That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you get it. Like I have all of this happening internally that no one has fully understood the, some of the the pain and the trial that this inner critic has laid on me, the responsibility, and so for someone just to even see it and name it lifts some of the burden. Not that it's all gone, right. but it lifts some of that burden.
1: So we have this enneagram number. Now let's talk about the EIP, the Enneagram Internal Profile. Yes.
2: Yeah, this is brand new in the enneagram world. So, uh, so Jeff back in 2015, he left um, a job. Why we came to Nashville. And we were really struggling. It was kind of our first church hurt situation. And as we were healing and growing, he was using a therapeutic modality with his counselor called internal family systems. And Jeff was, you know, like naming all of these internal parts and how they affect him. And I'm as a nine, we have an internal fog. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't see what you're saying. Well, I, you know, obviously was well versed in the Enneagram by then. And all of a sudden I just felt like, wait a second, my two wings, the two numbers on either side of my main type and the two numbers that I'm connected to through lines. I wonder if those are parts of me. Like, I wonder how they're showing up in different ways, healthy and not healthy ways. And that is where EIP was born. So it has, um, was influenced by the idea of internal family systems, but it's its own whole new thing. So really what we do with EIP is we show that with your main type, you have a wounded child and a beloved child part of you. The wounded child is that younger person inside you that is trying its best to protect you with its own strategies. But it's just like if a kid was driving a bus, you know, you're like, Ugh, that's not going to go well. Right. Like, let's put someone else in the in the helm of the bus. And that's where the beloved child comes in. This is the healthier, mature um, Uh, Christ-believing part of our heart that can assist the wounded child in letting it know and remember who it is in Christ and that he is there to provide and to protect and to restore all things. So when we put the beloved child in the uh, seat of the bus to drive, the rest of our parts can start to calm down and follow suit, just like a kid would if an an adult was driving the bus. Well, hopefully, you know, they're calming down, right? (laughs) But they're not as panicky, and trying to you know fix the situation than when an eight-year-old is driving the bus or a 12-year-old is driving the bus. So what EIP is helping us to understand is where is your heart at any given moment? And is it the wounded, misaligned child that's driving the bus or is it the beloved child? Now, sometimes they're both kind of competing, mm-hmm. but this helps us to then have compassion for that younger part of our heart that's misaligned. Instead of beating it up and shaming it mm-hmm. and ridiculing it, it's to say... Thank you so much for trying. I know that you're doing the best that you can, because for some reason that beloved child's in the back of the bus sleeping (laughs) and you're just doing all you can to keep us on track. But you're ill equipped. You can't. And so that's where we want to guide, shepherd, lead. If you're a pastor, pastor this part of your heart into health by bringing uh the truth of the gospel back into reality so renewing our mind and that's where the beloved wakes up from the back of the bus comes up and says hey thank you so much for trying to help but can you go sit back down and i'll take the lead now and that way and then, you know if our wounded child had someone that could like see it and understand its pain and tend to it Oh, okay, good. You're finally here. Mm. And it's happy to take that back seat. Um, and that's when we actually get more aligned. And then the other connecting parts, those two wings and the two Enneagram paths, also get aligned. And so what we're showing is that you have these connecting parts within you. And the reason why we show this is as a type nine, I just want peace and harmony, just go along to get along. But I have an eight part that's the wing in me, an eight part of my heart that wants to be boisterous and get things done and protect myself. Now it shows up very different than a person who is a type eight, which Jamie said she was, but it's there. It's a part of me. But then I have a type one part of my heart that, you know, sometimes feels really critical inside, but it's only going to show up in a nine ish way, but it doesn't have an influence. So I might say things kindly, but also I'm a little critical, you know, so I'm doing it from that nine perspective. Um, But it has the undertones, the influence of these other connecting parts in us. And that really helps us because have you ever had a a situation where, let's say, you know, like let's say you have a a team party later today and there's a part of you that might go, oh, I can't wait. They're going to have cake. This is going to be great. And there's a part of you that's like, oh, man really just kind of am not wanting to be around a bunch of people today. I'm just kind of like sluggish or I've got a lot of work to do. You know, those competing dialogues internally. That's really what we're getting to is that we have competing parts within us. And when we understand where they're coming from, we can guide and lead and actually have them become a healthier version of ourselves and assist us in a really cool way.
1: That's why we're saying the book is more than your number. A Christ-centered Enneagram approach to becoming aware of your internal world. And aware on the book title is uh, an acronym, I believe is the right word. It is. A-W-A-R-E. Break that down for
2: you. Yeah. Us. So, A is awaken. We want you to awaken and observe just what's going on your thoughts, your feelings, your body sensations. Do you have that crick in your neck again that's signaling, you know what, you're struggling, you're suffering, something, you know, is tense. So, be aware of what's going on. Just, just that's it, just awareness. Then we want you to welcome. We want you to welcome this in the sense of don't be judgmental and critical of what you're observing, just welcome it. Because then on A, we want you to ask, ask the Holy Spirit for clarification and those that you trust, maybe clarification, like what are you missing? Do you have a blind spot? What truth do you need to bring to yourself about the situation? And then ours, receive, receive this truth. Um, so especially from scripture, you know, if you're beating yourself up as a type one, you know, about not being perfect, you know, and you feel bad, well, Really, actually, God sees you as perfect, not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done. And so what is that truth and receiving it and allowing it to soak in? What would that do differently? So then E is engage, engage with life and with relationships in a new way based on knowing what that truth is and receiving that truth. So if you're able to go, you know what? I know I'm not perfect, but my status is perfect because of Christ that gives me so much hope and freedom. I can actually engage with people in a much more compassionate and tender way that really brings a child likeness in my heart. And allows me to have more joy than actually being critical. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. In terms of the overall takeaway, I mean, what, I think I know the answer, but what 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 is your hope then for the readers of this?
2: Oh yeah, the hope is really actually, hopefully our reader, or our listeners, or your listeners have um, heard this is or seen this is uh, the Truman Show. So this is an old show, so sorry if I'm spoiling some of it for you guys. It's been old, so hopefully you've seen it. But on one of the um, actors' sweaters was a pen that said, "How is it going to end?" And a lot of times we live our life wondering, how is it going to end? And we're striving so hard to to receive the core longing message that each of our types longs to hear. And we're trying to get that from earthly things. It could be material things, careers, relationships, you name it. But we actually do know how it ends. We know how it ends because Christ has already fulfilled all things. And for each of us, we long to hear a very specific message, but he's completely done it. And so, if we we're like, oh, huh, as a type nine, I long to hear that my presence matters. And so, I keep trying to do that by people pleasing and accommodating to everyone and making everyone happy, thinking that that will bring that message to me. Now, that can for a little blip here and there, but it's not sustaining. But when I realize that Christ has come to this earth, lived a hard life, was beaten, betrayed, died, and rose again. Because I matter to him, there's no greater message. Now, for you, you long to hear and experience you are good. Now, you can, you'll have, and the inner critic will definitely have all the reasons why you're not good, right? Like, there's this wrong, and there's that wrong, and this needs to be fixed. But now, you can see wait, I know I'm not good, but when God looks at me, he sees good because he sees Christ's righteousness in me. And that will free you to live out in a whole new transformative way. So the gospel itself is the transformation that we need. So my hope is, and people are reading this, they'll see what they're longing for, what they're striving for, but cannot be fulfilled by earthly things, but that Christ has fulfilled that. And that's where their transformation is going to
1: start. Was this discovery of the enneagram between you and your husband groundbreaking for your relationship? That's
2: exactly why we use it. Yeah, so we got married at age twenty. So anyone that's listening, probably like, ooh, that was probably rocky for a while. <laughs> you know, like a lot of turbulence there, and especially when you got someone like me who doesn't even understand themselves. Like, mean, there's this internal fog. So, yeah, when we were at seminary, 26 years old, had two kids already. Um, That's when a friend shared with us the Enneagram, and it really just Gave me so much clarity. Now, the fog wasn't completely dissipated, but you can imagine if you're walking or driving in really thick fog, it's scary. You're going really slow. You don't know what to do. And sometimes you just want to give up. Now, I could start to, I, there was a haze instead of a fog. And I was like, oh, I can see things and I can explain things and I can say what's going on in my heart. And we could have much better dialogue between us. And I got to understand his heart, what he was dealing with. So for him, he one of his greatest fears as a type six is abandonment. Well, mine is conflict. So when he would get maybe intense or passionate or feeling scared that like our relation, you know, like like a conflict is happening, he's afraid I'm going to just disappear. Like I'm out of here. Well, as a nine, we will disassociate. We will numb out. We will check out because we're so afraid of conflict. Well, by doing that, I'm literally saying to him, but not intentionally I'm out of here, you know? And so he would have these thoughts, oh my gosh, is this the beginning of the end? Even though, you know, he didn't feel like divorce was right there. It was a fear of his. Mm-hmm. So finally one day, like literally like year 10 or 12, he finally asked the vulnerable question, are you going to leave me? I was shocked. Like what? No, that is not even in my mind. But when I was disassociating or leaving the situation, and not engaging. That's what it said to him. So I had to learn, Oh, I'm so sorry. I am not trying to give that message. I just don't want the conflict. And I just want to be able to work through things peacefully. So what I had, and that sometimes I just need time to process. So now it gave us new vocabulary. It helped me to understand where he was coming from, putting on his lens, you know, that he saw life through and, and, but also saying what I needed. Hey, I need 10 minutes just to kind of calm down. I'm not feeling reactive or my body won't shut down. Can I take that space and then come back like, My disengagement right now is not saying I don't love you. It's actually saying I want to re-engage in a healthier way. That changes the game for our relationship.
0: I'm Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellamStemCellInstitute.com.